Welcome to God Talks with Joey Oswald. Hello, it's a great day to have a great day. And today I get to talk to my cousin Faith on this episode of God Talks. Go ahead and give Faith a round of applause. Okay, Faith, why don't you go ahead and give us a quick autobiography of your life and try to keep it under two minutes whenever you're ready go ahead all right um i'm faith i'm 25 i am an elementary school teacher in ellet i teach kindergarten um i was born in akron and then when i was like five years old we moved to rootstown which is where i spent the rest of my childhood until moved out of rootstown when i was 20 Um, so I went to school there until eighth grade and then I moved to field. That's where I graduated from. I went to field for high school, um, did a lot of theater and sports throughout my youth. Um, and then I did a lot of theater when I got to college. Um, I graduated college three years ago. I've been teaching for three years now. I teach at a special education charter school here in Ellet. Um, we specialize in ADHD and kids on the autism spectrum disorder. Um, It's the best thing that I could ever do with my life. Um, I have three dogs, four, four dogs and two cats, um, a wonderful girlfriend and an amazing family who supports me all the time. I'm part of that. I'm part of your family. FYI, you called me amazing. And Mm -hmm. you're amazing because that was only like a minute and 20 seconds. Incredible. Wow. Believe it or not, I didn't even practice it. Dang. You're just better with the (laughs) improv from all that theater, I guess. (laughs) Okay. The next question that I like to ask everyone, regardless Mm -hmm. if you're a believer or non-believer, I think that everyone has been exposed to to Jesus and and what Christianity is in, in some aspect. Um, so I like to get people's opinion of what they think the Christian gospel is, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and try to keep it around 60 seconds. And so go ahead and go whenever you're ready. Um, I think the gospel really boils down to um, that our wonderful and loving God and his son here to us to show us how to live um, and then to show us his grace and his mercy um, took him from us with the promise that you know, we can have all the wonderful things of heaven as long as we, you know, stay true to him and, and live his gospel and loving each other and, and doing, you know, the good things and what he wants us to do. Wow. That was elegant. You had to practice that one. I didn't. Wow. All that theater, man. I need to take I'm really trying to be authentic classes. here. That is, that was authentic. <laughs> that was amazing. And so my next question, and this will take up the bulk of the interview, is do you believe in God? So you can say yes, no, or I don't know, and then tell me why or why not. Um, my answer is absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the short answer for why is because I don't want to imagine a world where he doesn't exist. Um, I grew up in the church. Um we grew up in a Baptist church, which 
I get a lot of like mixed reactions when I say that I grew up in a Baptist church, just because yeah. like in my like lifetime, I've just something that I've noticed that there's like a lot of different, you know, clearly there's lots of different denominations within, you know, the Christian religion. And there just are, are some of them that stick to such strict views um, that it's just, I don't know, to me, it seems like just a really narrow passage through that they only leave available like a narrow passage of okay through life. Like this is your narrow passage of what you are and are not allowed to do. Um, and I think Baptist is one of those churches. Um, we left the Baptist church when I was about 12. And at the time I didn't like understand or fully see, but as I got older and, you know, I talked to my mom and questioned, you know, why did we leave? And my mom's biggest reason was that there was just a very judgmental air about the church that we were attending, um, which I think just goes to that, like, very narrow pathway of what is okay in life. Um, and as I got older and kind of reflected and looked back, she was right. Um, just very, and I don't want to, you know, I feel like there are also super extreme denominations of Christianity. Like I feel personally, like the Catholic religion is just a very extreme religion <laughs> because of the strict like do's and don'ts and what you can and can't do and what is it allowed and what isn't allowed. And, you know, Catholics have a lot of strong beliefs about a lot of things and a lot of rules. Um, some of the ones that I know stick out to me that I have a hard time with are you know, suicide, um, divorce, a lot of just really strong, hard um, expectations and rules for, I feel, things that are not necessarily black and white, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like you said a lot of great things and we could go so many different directions. First, I want <laughs> to thank you for saying that you were born in Akron and not Ritztown because your brother My Noah brother just skipped that part. <laughs> <laughs> and then I loved your reasoning that you don't want to imagine a world without God. And that reminds me of this past year in school, I learned about Pascal's wager and he was a philosopher um, okay. back in the day. And he mm -hmm. said, you know what? It could be 50, 50. It could be, maybe there is, maybe there isn't. But if you put your trust in God and go ahead and, and err on the side of caution and say, yes, there is a God. Well, then you gain everything. And then if you don't, well, then and there ends up being God. Well, then you lose everything. And so I think that's right. just a different way of looking at it. And I love that mm -hmm. you said that because a lot of times, especially someone who grew up in the church, they just said, Hey, I believe because my mom told somebody me. told me to. Yeah. And that's mm -hmm. okay. Right. A lot, some of the best Christians I know, that's the reason. And, and mm -hmm. that's okay. Everyone has a different reason. I think that's beautiful. And I think that you coming at it from this different perspective is, is just amazing too. Um, and you talked about the Baptist church and we can go into that later, but are there any other external reasons other than I just can't, I don't want to imagine a world without him that you believe in um, God? I've seen God's work in this mm. world in so many ways that 
it's like just that one more affirmation of how can you not right believe in a god i just um my sister just graduated from high school and i went to they held a baccalaureate service which leading to that i had no idea what that was mm-hmm. um but <laughs> it's a worship service um that typically happens right before excuse me a graduation and um so we went my sister was singing so we went to support and um as part of that service one of the dads of the graduates got up and spoke um and he just told his story which I think is a really important thing too that I could tangent off about but like Mm -hmm. people have such an idea of what being a Christian is and like what shining your light means and what sharing your gospel means or sharing the gospel means from you um and I think it's just become this big idealization of what it should look like Mm -hmm. and there was actually a pastor at faith family that said something one sunday or one saturday that i went to church and i just was like oh my gosh i never thought about it and he said you know teaching the gospel or like shining your light has nothing to do with an idealization it's about telling your story and he said telling your story in accessible language to other people you don't need to come at people with hallelujah this and glory be to God. It's, mm-hmm. this is my story. This is my experience. And this is how I want to reach people. And it was so cool because at this baccalaureate service, that was exactly what I felt like happened. This dad wow. got up and talked about his whole, and I won't get into the whole story, but it was about, he was this young kid wanting to go to the NFL. He was a good, like a really good football player, went really well, but then started to get into a lot of things when he got to college that he shouldn't be into. Mm-hmm. And and wanted to use thought he was using his football career to glorify God, but was really using it to glorify himself. And I think the like most moving part of that story for me, he, um, at 19, he and his girlfriend got pregnant, which was super unexpected for them, but they, you know, they were dealing with that and going through that. And, um, he was really struggling with balancing college and being a dad and all of this. And he said that he remembers praying one night that, you know, he was going to do football. That was going to be his thing. And that the only way he wasn't going to do it is if God took it away from him. Wow. And, and not long after he got into a really bad car accident and walked out of with the only injury being to his kicking leg. Oh my God. And I just was like, yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. Like it wow. was, yeah. And so like, I was like, that's those kinds of stories and you know you've heard and seen many of them that's to me those are my external affirmations of like yep there he is wow (laughs) even in even for myself you know I've had um a heck of a year this past year and uh in some of my roughest minutes there just always seems to be something whether Mm -hmm. it's the daily bible verse that comes through from my bible app or one of the affirmations that comes through from my affirmations app, or, you know, just something that I hear, you know, on the radio or or a lyric in a song that I hear. And it's just that one message, like that one line that I just really needed to hear. And I'm like, there's just, for me, there's just no other explanation for that. And that there is somebody watching over me. Yeah, that's amazing. And I have those instances too. And it's just mm. one little thing, the, the Bible verse or a song lyric or someone just mm-hmm. saying something, reaching out. Mm-hmm. And to me, a lot of people chalk those things up to just coincidence. 
And mm -hmm. I don't know how to explain it other than it happens too much and too often for it not to be a coincidence, you know, oh, all the yeah. time at the perfect time. And, and just like that story about how his leg is the only thing that got injured. Mm -hmm. Of course, someone could say that's just a coincidence, but wow, how he turned yeah, that. What are the odds? Exactly. <laughs> what are the odds? What and are the odds that that's how that happens? Yeah. I, uh, yeah, it's crazy. It really is. It is crazy. There's, there's no other words to describe it other than just crazy. And, and a lot of people, it, it's unbelievable for a lot of people and, mm, and yeah. I can see why, but wow, that's just yeah. amazing. Um, mm -hmm. So you talked about your story and how personally you have seen God work in your life. And so tell me a little bit about your story and, and you don't have to go into the whole Baptist church and everything, but just right. recently you talked about this past year and, and just tell me yeah. what's been going on. Absolutely. Um, so a little over a year ago now, so it was last March. Um, in March of last year, um, I was, at the time, I was engaged to a man um, who is one of the best people that I have ever known in my life. Um, sure that I was on the right path and doing, um, and I use this phrase very meaningfully, doing what I thought I was supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we had been together for close to five years. It was like four and a half, I think, wow. um, and engaged for close to six months. I think we were hitting like the four or five month mark. And um, I met my current girlfriend, actually. We work together. She teaches at the same school that I do. And we started out, you know, just it was a work friendship that I had forged. We hadn't really talked in the two years prior or the year prior. Um, but I, her classroom moved closer to mine last year. And so we could just have that closer proximity to where we, it just made more sense for us to interact more. And mm -hmm. we forged this friendship and it was just a really cool friendship of just understanding and just kind of getting each other on a different level. And I was really excited about it. And one day we were just, her and I were just sitting and talking about, you know, just life really <laughs> random things that we would because that was what we that was the kind of friendship that it was you could just sit and talk for hours and hours about anything and um sexuality had come up in that conversation and um my own sexuality is something that I have struggled with since definitively I can say that I've struggled with since I was like 17 um wow. since since coming out I've had uh family members tell me that they have known since I was like 14. I've known longer than you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. Um, I'm sure you can guess which family member it was that said it too. Um, she's just very perceptive in that way. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, we started to talk about this and I, you know, I just shared, cause I've always been really open about that um, yeah. to most people that it's something that I had toyed back and forth with. And um, I had experimented and, and, really, I can look back and say dated two girls through high school and one in college, one in high school, one in college. And, you know, at the time, didn't necessarily think that that was what it was. Um, but in reflection, I know that that is kind of what it was. Mm -hmm. And um, for me, up until that point, it had always, you know, the people that I had chosen 
were not good people. Mm-hmm. They were manipulative people. So when those relationships went south, that was, you know, to loop it back into religion unintentionally, that was to me at those times, that was um, God telling me that I wasn't in the right place. Wow. Mm. More than just so, a coincidence. Um, right. And I think in those times, I took that to mean that God was telling me I wasn't in the right place. And for me, that was, you know, being gay or being a lesbian wasn't the right thing. I feel a little bit differently about it now. Um, But anyway, that conversation kind of spiraled. It had something, you know, it had been something that she had always questioned and it really spiraled out of control. But what ended up happening was in March of last year, um, I kind of had a little bit of a breakdown. Um, Nothing super crazy, but it was a, it was a rough couple of days for me at the start. And I, uh, I ended my engagement and all in one day, I ended my engagement, came out of the closet and left my home. Wow. Um, my ex-fiance and I had purchased a home. We'd been living there together for a year. Um, and all in that same day, I did all of those things. Dang. And it was very seriously the most difficult thing that I've ever had to do um, in my whole life. And I'm not that I won't have struggle here out, but mm-hmm. I think that I will maintain that it will be one of the most difficult things that I've ever had to do and go through. Um, I'm still a year and a half later going through it and it's still, it's better, but it's still not easy um, because that opened up a whole lot of um, questions for me because in growing up in that Baptist church with those very specific views, um, you know, one of those was that homosexuality is a sin. Mm -hmm. Um, And religion and God has always been a really core piece of my life, even through like not being physically in the church all the time since we had left our, our Baptist church. Cause we just never found another home church. Um, so I had been in and out of a couple of churches through then, um, but never really found that home church. But even without that, you know, my religion and my faith and my, um, my relationship with God maintained a very big piece um, of my life. And so to have that be so conflicting with me and who I am um, has been a really difficult journey. Absolutely. Um, But I think it's building me into the stronger version of myself that God knows that I need to be. Wow. That's just Mm -hmm. incredible. Oh my gosh, Faith. So many people (laughs) need to hear your story. Because you grew up in in one of the most strict churches that mm-hmm. I've ever heard of, and I know not all Baptist churches are are that strict, and um, and I know you're not even saying that the Baptist church in general is bad, but you grew up with that and thinking, wow, I can't be gay. There's no way, like I'm just not allowed to be. And so, right. what what changed your mind ultimately that said, hey, this is who I am, and and this is okay. Um. I think the minute that I knew was that um, in my, there was like about a week or two where this kind of all came to a real head. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was something that I struggled with. It was something that my, my ex-fiance knew about that I had yeah. struggled with my whole life um, without getting too detailed. You know, it, it, there had always been 
an intimacy problem for me and I, um, which makes a lot more sense now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it was, that was something we had talked about when dealing with all of that. And so when this situation formed into, you know, that being question, um, he had given me some freedom to explore, um, you know, a little bit of a relationship with her. Um, within reason, we were very, and, you know, in reflection, I realize and know that that wasn't necessarily the most fair way um, to deal with it. But um, at the time, it seemed like the best way for me to keep, I don't necessarily like the phrase, keep everyone happy, but mm-hmm. keep everyone involved. And, you know, a big thing for me is not hurting the people that I care about. Yeah. And so that was a big goal for me too, which obviously in the end was, I was unsuccessful and that was just inevitable that somebody was going to get hurt. Um, but it was also something that needed to happen. So, but in that, um, there was a day that, uh, we had, we had entered into this in, you know, with the boundary that I would stay open and he would stay open and I would be very open with where I was at with everything. And he would be very open with me with what he was, was not comfortable with what he was, you know, how he was feeling about the whole thing. And, um, you know, there reached a point in that time that I said, you know, where are you at? You know, I think, um, I think I want to kiss her. Mm. And he said, you know, no, I don't know that I'm there yet. Like, I don't think I'm comfortable with that yet. And so I respected it. And I said, okay, that's fine you know, a couple of days passed and I said, okay, how are we feeling now? Like, where are you at with it? Trying to just, just checking in, you know, cause you know, for me, that was still a very strong, um, want and desire. And, um, and he said, I don't, I'm not, I'm still not comfortable with it. And I have to be honest and tell you that I don't think I ever will be. Mm. And it was in that very second that I knew I just said you know in my own head it wasn't necessarily because I didn't know necessarily how to verbalize it completely to him but I knew in my head that that was not something that I was okay with like I felt like I was going to sacrifice a piece of me wow to not do that because it felt so true so real so right so and um I'm thankful that I made that choice because here I am um, a little over a year later and, um, she and I are together still. So I think that it was one of the best decisions that I ever made, but that was the minute that I knew in that, like, and one of the craziest things too, is after I came out, you know, my family, my mom was the first person that I told, um, she's my best friend. And, um, you know, it kind of trickled out from there. Um, whether I was telling my siblings or she was telling, there were a couple of members of my family that we just felt that, it would be better if they heard it from somebody else first, just Mm -hmm. to um, kind of (laughs) censor the uh, initial reaction, just as so obviously that was a very difficult thing for me. And I was obviously in a really rough place with all of it. Um, So rather than making that worse for me by hearing hurtful words or insensitive comments, um, we felt that that was the better way. And um, you know, it was, it was an incredibly difficult transition. I feel like there was a point that I was getting ready to make and I now do not remember what it was. Um, (laughs) Well, you, you said something, you said that you felt Mm -hmm. like you were trying to please everyone. And that's such a huge Mm. theme in our family. Mm. And it it always seems like everyone's trying to 
make everyone else so comfortable, which is just amazing. And it shows our whole family's mm-hmm. heart. But at the same time, like you said, it eventually gets to a point where, where you just can't anymore. Yeah. And it got, do you feel like in the last year since you came out, you are, mm-hmm. do you feel like you are happier than you've ever been before? Joey, I'm happier than I ever knew I was allowed to be. Wow. That's so powerful. But and it's, it's crazy to me only because like, I know that I'm still not out of some of the roughest stuff. Right. Yeah. So to know that even in the rough stuff, like it just makes me so hopeful, so optimistic, so thankful. Like I am filled with so much gratitude too. Yeah. And I literally cannot attribute it to anybody but God, because to me, there's just no other reason mm-hmm. to, to have gone through and to have grown through you know, this last year. And as I continue to go through and grow, um, I just don't, and I've said that from kind of from the beginning that I just don't see how I could have been handed, you know, even though it was one of the toughest and hardest things I've ever had to do, Mm -hmm. how I could have been handed this most perfect person for me from anyone or anywhere else. Love God. So I know when you came out, your family had a lot of strong reactions. I think that's a, a safe way to put it. But yeah. how did you deal with the, the blowback that you got from people who you loved the most? I definitely think the hardest part of that was knowing that like they all had the same experience in church that I did. So like I mm. knew what yeah. they thought and how they felt about it. Um. I think that was like one of the big things that kept me, you know, in the closet, so to speak for so long. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember being in college and, you know, having the girlfriend that I did then. And I remember trying to tell my mom then, um, and she kind of brushed it off as like, Oh, almost kind of like the stereotypical, it's just a phase thing. Yeah. Um, but so when I finally did come out, that was definitely, and for people who clearly don't know me, my mom is my best friend. Like she is the closest person to me. And so that was like the biggest fear of coming out was losing that relationship. And there's, you know, a big piece of me that knows that any relationship that I lost for being who I am, wasn't one that was worth keeping, but that doesn't make it easier to think about the prospect of of losing close relationships with people that you care about and have been close to for the entirety of your existence yeah um so it was at least with my mom the anticipation ended up being worse than the actual reaction (laughs) um but I definitely had I think the hardest part too is that there was just a very a varying degree of reaction Mm -hmm. you know I have a few that are like you know, don't based on what they know and what they believe and what they read in their Bible, you know, they believe that it's wrong, but they don't love me any less. Wow. You know, I have some that are, which sounds really good, but is also still kind of hard to swallow. Yeah. Because that's like telling you, like, I love you, but I still don't think who you are is okay. Right. Um, which is hard to swallow, especially coming from somebody who's really close to you. I have, um, you know, a few members of my family who don't believe homosexuality is real, which is such an interesting concept to me. They don't think it's real. Like, like what? Like, they Um, they think you're just 
faking confused. Oh, confused. Okay. okay. Yeah, they think I'm just confused um, and that I will figure it out, quote unquote. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, and then I kind of have some in, in betweeners, I guess, that don't necessarily, you know, uh, my brothers are my in betweeners who aren't necessarily super close and as they used to be necessarily to their, you know, relationship with God necessarily. Not that they don't have one. I know that they both do, but it's not necessarily as prominent of a piece for them mm-hmm. who have both been very accepting and, and loving through, you know, the whole transition. But I think for me, dealing with it was a lot of, um, and is a lot of, I don't, I don't want to say that in the past tense, because even though it's been a year, like it's still, it's still something that I deal with and I'm struggling with sometimes that, yeah. um, for me, and I think this has been a self journey mixed that I needed to have before I even, you know, unrelated to coming out. Um, but that has really just been kind of propelled forward with me coming out, um, is my journey of self-love mm. and self-worth. Um, because I think, and it's not an easy thing to realize, but that like, no matter what anybody else thinks, I deserve to love me. And I deserve to know that I'm worth time. I'm worth love. I'm worth, you know, patience. I'm worth God's love. And absolutely Um, you are. So that's like, I think that's been the biggest way that I've been able to cope with it is just kind of working through my own journey with self-love, self-acceptance, self-worth, all of that, which has not been easy. Yeah. So you had talked about these, the beliefs that you grew up with in church Mm -hmm. and, and kind of Mm -hmm. their beliefs about homosexuality, um, what have come to be your beliefs regarding people being gay from when you were in the church, when you left it at 12 and then now, how have they kind of evolved and, and what are your beliefs now? Um, the beliefs of my church were that it was a sin. Mm-hmm. Hard and fast. It was a sin. Um, I think my own personal beliefs have never been that solid or that black and white. Um, you know, we have, we've always called her our aunt, but I think she's actually a cousin <laughs> who um, she and her wife, have been gay they were out and together for the entirety of our lives she they have a daughter who's older than us and you know so being able to see that as such a pure true example of you know love marriage life um really made it hard for me to have such a black and white hard and fast mm-hmm. like belief about that um but I always thought that I had to believe what, you know, my church said or what my parents said. And, um, but now as I've grown and gone through, even before I officially came out, but going through what I got, went through, you know, with questioning and curiosity and high school, college and everything, I think, you know, kind of boils down to God loves people. And I don't personally think I think God's more concerned with how people live and shine his light through themselves more so than who they love or what they choose to do with their life. Because I think, you know, I guess what comes to mind for me too is that like, there's also these very strict and and hard opinions about people who, you know, 
strippers or you mm-hmm. know transgender people which are, are also members of the anybody really in the lgbtq community and you know strippers or people who you know do things like that and 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 to me if somebody is doing any of those things or part of any of that you know a member of any of those communities if they're still shining their light and living their god like living a godly life and loving people and spreading the gospel and showing kindness and being graceful like to me which means more yep and i think to him you know shining your light and and living a godly life means way more than mm-hmm. i think that's what's come through for me in in any scripture that i've read is the importance of shining your light and the importance of sharing the gospel and like that to me seems like it holds a much harder weight or much Absolutely. bigger weight yeah than, than those trivial things I like that you said that because I know there are like six passages referred to as the clobber passages that people use to condemn homosexuality, but Mm -hmm. they focus on those six passages, but how many verses are there about Mm -hmm. love, about Mm -hmm. loving one another? There's 66 books in the Bible. Yeah, exactly. And you're talking about six verses that if I'm being honest, I think what happens too is a lot is, um, especially now, obviously none of us were around when the Bible was written. None of us were around when Jesus was here. So, so to some degree, any interpretation of the Bible is just that Mm -hmm. it's a personal interpretation and it's a personal perception. So you may, you know, perceive a verse one way, but somebody else, you know, you may perceive it as a loving and accepting verse and somebody else may use it as one of those clobber passages exactly you know to tear people down and i think that's what it really boils down to is what are you using the scripture for are you using the scripture for what god wanted you to use it for or are you using it as an attack on people because you think that they're wrong wow yeah and it sounds like a lot of the the hate that you've gotten is completely against the religion that they're trying to preach to you you know what i mean oh yeah and it just doesn't Mm -hmm. add up and it's super sad to see and and christianity Mm -hmm. has gotten a bad rap and i mean for Mm -hmm. good reason because Mm -hmm. they've done so many harmful things and a lot of people attribute that to god but it's not it's it's people who are using god's name abusing god's name to get what they want or to get what Mm -hmm. they interpret the scripture to mean and so yeah i think (laughs) that's a whole different topic and it's just i'm it's just so sad to see nowadays you tell people that you're a christian and you get all these presuppositions about what you Mm -hmm. believe and and it's just really sad to me because it's all about this one guy who who spreads so much love and and that's what I'm trying to spread and I can see that in you and the way you live your life and it's it's just so amazing and and I know there's a lot of people out there who are going through something similar that that you have went through and are still going through and what encouragement would you give to them never stop being you and know that no matter how dark the time seems or how alone you feel, he is always right next to you. One of the, I don't remember, I feel like it came from scripture, um, but one of like the taglines and tag phrases, which has just kind of become a core belief for me, is that God will never hand you anything that you can't handle with him. Mm-hmm. And they're really... I think to me, the really important part of that statement is with him 
Mm. Um, you know, he is right there with you. So use him, let him be there with you and know that any, I also, one of my other core beliefs is that everything happens for a reason because God has a plan and we don't always get to know. We almost never get to know yeah. what it is, um, but it's there. And I think one of the other like hard things for a lot of people, including myself to accept, and it was something that my mom said to me was that God never promised life would be easy and God yep. never promised that life would be without pain. Um, and I think in those moments, just remembering um, to quote Kelly Clarkson, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. <laughs> um, but genuinely, that's true. It is. It's true. Yeah. You know, and that's what I have found is just staying true to God, keeping God as close to you as possible. And that's whatever that looks like for you. Mm hmm. I think yeah. that's another important thing. Again, keeping God close to you is not some idealization. There is no book that says this is how you have to do it. Some people may think that there is, but there's not. Right. Um, however, keeping God close to you looks for you. Um, that's what you need to do. Wow. Dang. Such great stuff here. Like I said, we're definitely going to have to do multiple episodes because I don't want to <laughs> rush, rush through any of this. And there's just a lot of stuff here that can help a lot of people, but you had talked about your relationship with God and how has that impacted throughout this whole process of you coming out? Were there times that you felt closer to him and, and further away? He felt distant and mm. how, yeah. Yeah. Um, overall, I think that this has definitely pulled me much closer to God than I think I ever realized that it would. I think I was all, afraid that it would push me further from God. And I was afraid of that because that wasn't what I wanted, but it has definitely pulled me way closer to God because it, you know, in the, every moment of despair, that's the one solid and one thing that I know to be true is that he's right next to me. Um, but, um, there have definitely been moments of struggle. I, um, being raised in the church that I was raised in with the beliefs that I believed or was taught, I guess. Um, it left me anytime I would attend a church. This is why I ended up having to look for a church that I knew and advertised that they were open and affirming because it kind of took away this fear. But I noticed that in a church where I didn't know how they stood or where they stood, I guess, about it, um, I found myself having a harder time accessing some of the messages in a church. Um, and I found myself closing off and rank in in this feeling of persecution and it was definitely I've been in a lot of time of very much like heavy self-consciousness and very aware of that because it's been such a big fear for me um so I think those were the biggest struggles in my relationship with God is like feeling persecuted mm -hmm. even though you know in reflection I understand and realize that that's not what God wanted. Yeah. Um, it, it, you're mm -hmm. in a place that's supposed to spread love and instead mm -hmm. you're feeling all this hate and that's mm -hmm. just so sad. Yeah. And even I think it was never an outward specific hate, but it was just mm -hmm. that underlying fear of that, that really, I struggled a lot with, which was really hard for me too, because, um, I really enjoyed the church, the pastor and the messages 
but I just could not shake that, which is what ended up ultimately pushing me to know that I needed to find the place where I felt comfortable because I knew also that until I felt comfortable and that fear and anxiety was kind of lifted, mm-hmm. I wasn't going to be able to get out of church everything that God needed me to get out of it. Wow, that's wise. So what do you say to people when they tell you that the way you live your life is sinful and that they say that homosexuality is a sin? How do you respond to that? Um, to be perfectly honest, I haven't yet had that happen specifically. Um, it's a conversation that I could have with a couple of people in my life, but it's one that I choose. <laughs> I've chosen not to in the, in the spirit of self-preservation and preservation of family. Um, mm-hmm. But I think just like we've talked about here, that like, I'm sorry that the way that you have, you know, been raised in your church and the relationship that you've forged with God and with that prejudicial lens. But to me, Christianity, loving God is more to do with what I do with my life in terms of shining my light and, you know, preaching his word than it is to who I get to spend my life with. I say get to, because like I've said, said before, you know, I am a firm believer that there is nothing that happens that God doesn't have a hand in. Mm-hmm. So to me, finding, you know, this person that I'm choosing to spend my life with was not a thing I did on my own. Mm. Um, so. Wow. So you can really see God's hand in, in every aspect of your life. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That is so amazing. Well, we're definitely going to have to do more episodes because oh. we're almost out of time and there's so many more questions. We have questions to get to the morning routine ask. stuff. Yeah, I know. I know. You know what? <laughs> I'm going to save that. I'm actually going to save right. that for the next one okay. that we do because I don't okay. want to rush past any of this stuff. It's just so amazing. And thank you so much for being brave enough to, to discuss this openly and I know it's going to help you. a lot of people. And so I really appreciate you coming on here, Faith. I can't wait for the next one. Me neither. This has been a good conversation. And as always, love one another. Thank you for listening to God Talks with Joey Oswald. <laughs>